Good morning. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is Pastor Shannon and this morning we are back with our Holy Spirit series. I'm excited to continue with our journey this morning about the Holy Spirit as we are still learning who the Holy Spirit is and we are speaking under the subject the Spirit-filled church. So last week we spoke about power and I believe we had a great time. I believe you grew so much from that. I believe the word was transformational, not only for my life, but it was transformational for your lives as well. So I thank you so much for tuning in with us at The Rock Worship as we continue with our Holy Spirit series under the subject, The Spirit-filled church. Now we are going to speak today about truth and obedience under the spirit-filled church truth and obedience so if you have your notepad if you have your 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 your, your pen and your paper just write that down our subject today will be the spirit-filled church truth and obedience if you type that down on your phone that is fine with me as well let us pray before we get into the word of god father we are grateful this morning that your grace and your mercy sufficient for us your love is never failing and your love always covers us in time of need in time of uncertainty in time of doubt and lord we are dealing with so much in our lives today we are dealing with so much during this pandemic but we thank you nevertheless that we have an opportunity to listen to your word, that we have an opportunity to hear from you, Father. For that is what we believe. We believe that you have sent your servants into the world, that we may be the mouthpiece of the Lord, and that we may speak the oracles of God to your people, Lord. Not for our edification, but for the glory of God. And we thank you so much. I pray this morning, Lord, and I give you praise and glory as we will continue with our series this morning. Holy Spirit, continue to work in us, continue to work through us and guide us into all truth this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I said we are continuing with our Holy Spirit series. said we are speaking under the subject, the Spirit-filled church, truth and obedience truth and obedience just start with me this morning to Acts chapter 5 Acts chapter 5 remember we spoke from the book of Acts chapter 5 last week when we spoke about power miracles signs and wonders where we spoke about the power of the Holy Spirit we spoke from Acts chapter 5 we are still going to deal with Acts chapter 5 this morning so Acts 5 we will be reading from verse 26 to verse 32 Acts 5 from verse 26 to verse 32. I am reading from the ESV. The word of God says, Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, brought the disciples, the apostles, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. So this was after the whole commotion of the miracle signs and wonders that we spoke about last week after that happened. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name. That is the name of Jesus. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood 
on us. How funny it is because I believe his blood was already on their hands. Uh, but then in verse 29, But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus whom you killed. By hanging him on a tree, God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. God bless the reading of his word. Very interesting conversation there that Peter has with these religious leaders. Very interesting conversation after the event that occurred, the, the, the event that, we, that occurred, that we spoke about last week, where signs and wonders, miracles happened, and the people were healed, and people were carried out of their houses for the healing of the Holy Spirit to come upon them. So Peter has this conversation with the religious leaders. But before we get to that, I said we are speaking under the subject, the Spirit-filled church, truth and obedience. And I want to start with truth first. Now, if, if I recall, we spoke a few weeks about few weeks ago about Jesus having a conversation with his apostles about him ascending into the heavens. And remember what we said? We said they were very sorrowful. So he encouraged them by saying to them, do not be sorrowful that he had prepared mansions for them, for us. And when he spoke to them, uh, he, he made a specific statement and he said to them, they already know the way where he was going. And then Thomas spoke to him, he responded and Thomas asked him about that way. What is the way? Where is the way? And then Jesus responded in John 14 verse 6. Jesus said to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Other versions will say except by me. So we pick up three things here that Jesus mentioned from this statement. Jesus is the way. That means he's the only way to salvation. And then secondly, he is the truth. He is truth, knowledge, and wisdom itself. That is what it means. As well as the fulfillment of the Mosaic law. He is also opposition to all false doctrines when he says he is the truth. And then the third thing he said, he is, I am the life. He is the life. So that means he is the giver of life naturally, spiritually, and eternally. He's the giver of life naturally, spiritually, and eternally. So the apostles understood by this statement that Jesus is the foundation of the gospel that they should preach. Very important. Jesus is the foundation of the gospel that they should preach. In other words, there is no other way to salvation. There is only one truth and life can only be obtained fully in Jesus. Life can only be obtained fully in Jesus. Therefore, 
Jesus then becomes the focal point of the gospel that the apostles had to preach. Jesus becomes the focal point of the gospel that is, even in our days, that is supposed to be preached because he is the way, the truth, and the life. Listen to the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 5. He speaks to the Corinthians church and he says to them, For we do not preach ourselves. And this is a motto which I consider in my ministry. This is the motto for my ministry. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your born servants for Jesus' sake. So Paul made it clear to the Corinthian church that the basis, the basis of their doctrine is Jesus Christ himself. The foundation, the basis of their doctrine is Jesus Christ themselves. They did not preach themselves, but they preached Jesus Christ the Lord and him crucified. The other versions will say Jesus Christ and him crucified. So, which brings me to the next five verses in 1 Corinthians 2. From verse 1 Corinthians 2, from verse 1 to verse 5. Listen to the Apostle Paul here. Still speaks to the Corinthian church. He says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified basis of his doctrine and then in verse 3 i was with you in weakness in fear and in much and in much trembling and my listen to this very important verse 4 and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power referring to the holy spirit of the holy spirit and of power we spoke about power last week and then in verse 5 he says that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men he gives the reason for verse 4 that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of god so Paul's speech and preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom referring here to his preaching specifically Paul addresses the motive of, of, of his preaching and the gospel. He addresses the motive of his preaching and the gospel by saying that he did not try to convince people through his own personal philosophical views, but he uttered a doctrine empowered by the Holy Spirit. Very important. I'm going to say that again. That Paul did not come to the people declaring his own personal philosophical views. But Paul came to the people by uttering a gospel, a doctrine empowered by the Holy Spirit himself. And that is the true gospel of God. A doctrine empowered by the Holy Spirit himself. So in other words, Paul came to them preaching Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. Which brings me to the point that wherever the Holy Spirit abides, whether in the individual or His presence in the church, wherever His power is deployed, truth will be essential. Can I say that again? 
wherever the power of the Holy Spirit is deployed, whether in you or the, His presence, His power in the immediate church, truth will be essential. In other words, His presence does not only produce miracles, but it releases truth as well. His presence does not only produce miracles, but it releases truth as well. You see, nowhere did I read or see in the Bible Jesus walking around healing and bringing deliverance and failing to bring truth. Can I say that again? Je Jesus did not walk around just bringing the people healing and deliverance without bringing them truth. His miracles were often followed by discourses which brought truth. His miracles was, were, were always followed by conversation, discourses which brought truth. One example of that is, remember in John chapter 6 where Jesus fed the 5,000 with 5 loaves of bread and 2 fish. So when Jesus fed the people with 5 loaves of bread and 2 fish, a great and mighty miracle which they have never seen in their lives. When Jesus did that, that miracle was so strong, the Bible says the people in their hearts perceived to make him king immediately. And Jesus, knowing what they had taught in their hearts, Jesus made sure that he would move from Bethsaida to Capernaum by crossing the Sea of Galilee. So the Bible says the following day, when they also crossed over, the following day when they got to Capernaum, because of the miracle that he had done the previous day, when they got there, look what Jesus did. He followed the miracle with a discourse, a teaching. He says to them, they expected perhaps another five loaves of bread and two fish that would be multiplied to them. But listen to Jesus. Instead of giving them bread, he teaches them and he says to them, I am the bread of life. Speaks to them and he says to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. So Jesus follows the miracle with a teaching. His miracle of, of, of the bread and fish is followed with a teaching. Something that would be so effective in our generation. A miracle that is often followed by a teaching. Because miracles are the result of power in the spirit. And teaching is the sustenance of the spirit-filled life. You can just write that down or type that down. Let me say it again. Miracles are the result of power in the spirit. And teaching is the sustenance of the spirit-filled life. In other words, you may be delivered through a miracle that the power of the Holy Spirit does within you or through you. But the word of God will sustain you for your Christian journey. See, the apostles in the early church operated in the same manner as Jesus did. Their miracles were often accompanied by truth. And wherever the Holy Spirit was at work, truth was essential. If we look at Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2 from verse 42 to verse 43. And we spoke about this a few weeks ago as well. The Bible says, 
And they continued, these are the people who repented, became born again, were filled with the Spirit. The, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Very important. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. In the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many signs. Listen to this miracles. And many signs and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. You see, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrines and many signs and wonders were done. Truth was important in the early church. Truth was very important in the early church. And so should it be today. Because you cannot have a church that is super spiritual and at the same time super heretical. There's no balance. It is impossible. You cannot have a church that is super spiritual and at the same time that church is super heretical. And I'm saying, if, if you can hear the Holy Spirit tell you about someone's next promotion prophetically, Surely the same Holy Spirit should be able to tell you about someone's sin that they are committing in their lives. In fact, I believe that He should tell us about our personal, He convicts us from our personal sins. Jesus, what a great demonstration from Him. When the per per paralytic when the paralytic was brought to Jesus for healing, Christ made a statement. He said to him, Son, your sins are forgiven. Miracles are often accompanied by truth. See, Jesus, when speaking about the coming of the Holy Spirit prophetically, made these statements regarding truth and the Spirit. John 14 in John chapter 14 verse 15 to verse 17 John chapter 14 verse 15 to verse 17 listen to Jesus he says to the apostles if you love me keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper remember what we said a few weeks ago the Holy Spirit is the helper he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you so what do we take from that we take from that that the holy spirit is also the spirit of truth and then in john 16 verse 13 still having a conversation with his apostles jesus says to them however when he the spirit of truth the holy spirit has come he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will tell you things to come see empowerment through the holy spirit releases not only miracles but truth the Holy Spirit, in fact, is the spirit of truth, Jesus said. 
And if miracles are not followed by truth, doctrine, which is Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, if that is the case, questions will eventually arise about the church that you lead or you attend. Those questions will be, who is leading them? Is it the Spirit of God that's leading them? Where do they get their truth from? And where are they going? You, you cannot say that you are led by the Holy Spirit and at the same time you are not guided into all truth by Him. You cannot. A spiritful church understand that no gift is above truth. <laughs> oh, am, I, am I offending some people here? People that depend so much on their gift and not on truth. People that, 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 that would normally just walk up to stages and sing and, 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 and the emphasis is on the gift but there's no, there's no truth abiding with them and in them. Very important that no gift is above truth. So, so no matter how gifted you are, if truth does not proceed from your mouth, your heart, and when I say heart, I'm referring to the mind biblically, is not led by the Holy Spirit. For out of the abundance, what did Christ say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, out of the, out of the abundance of the heart, a person speaks. See, the apostles received warning that they should not teach by these religious leaders. They received warning in the scripture that we read earlier in Acts chapter 5, that they should not teach in the name of Jesus. For this was their doctrine and gospel. They were reminded of the warning by the Jewish religious leaders. But you see, the rejection of Jesus as Lord and Savior by the Jewish, by the Jewish religious leaders was ultimately them rejecting truth. They, but, but, but for the fact that the Jewish religious leaders rejected Jesus, they ultimately rejected truth. For the apostles preached Jesus Christ and him crucified and themselves as bond servants for the sake of Christ. See, they were, they were asked by the Jewish religious leaders to refrain from teaching this truth. But the Holy Spirit that was in them, the Holy Spirit was in them, the Spirit of truth continued to guide them in this regard. Because they were filled with the Spirit. And because they were filled with the Spirit, they could not stop preaching the truth of the Spirit. And Stephen, a martyr for the faith, in Acts chapter 7, is such a, great, such a great example of what I just said. That when you are filled with the Spirit, you cannot stop preaching the truth. Stephen was a great example of that in Acts chapter 7. He spoke truth boldly because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen to Acts chapter 7, I'm reading from verse 52, Acts 7 from verse 52. I'm going to read up until verse 16. The Bible says, Stephen spoke to the, the, the religious leaders. He spoke to the council. 
And he said, was there any prophet that your ancestors did not persecute? They killed God's messengers. And I'm reading from the good news Bible. They killed God's messengers who long ago announced the coming of his righteous servant, referring to Jesus Christ. And now you have betrayed and murdered him, referring to the crucifixion. You are the ones who received God's law that was handed down by angels, yet you have not obeyed it. As the members of the council listened to Stephen, they became furious and ground their teeth at him in anger. But Stephen, full of, listen to this, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw God's glory and Jesus standing at the right side of God. Then Stephen said, look, I see heaven opened and the Son of Man standing at the right side of God. And with a loud voice, with a loud cry, the council members covered their ears and they, and, and they covered their ears with their hands. Then they all rushed at him at once. They ran to him, threw him out of the city and stoned Stephen. The witnesses left their cloaks in the care of a young man named Saul. This is Paul now at the time. They kept on stoning Stephen as he called out to the Lord. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He knelt down and cried in a loud voice, Lord, do not remember this sin against them. He said this and died. Sounds very familiar when Jesus prayed on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But, but Stephen being in the spirit and led by the spirit declared the truth of God to these leaders. However, their resistance for the Holy Spirit wouldn't allow them to accept that truth. And I am saying that where truth is not operational in a church, there is often resistance to the Holy Spirit of God. Where truth is not operational in a church, there is often resistance to the Holy Spirit. For the spiritful church is a church that operates in truth. You see, the Holy Spirit is not a heretic. He is the spirit of truth. And the spiritful church is often guided by him into all truth. Too many times we become a great, too, too many times we become great spiritualists and miracle workers in the church without true doctrine. <laughs> oh, let me say that again. Too often we become great spiritualists and miracle workers in the church without true doctrine. See, the Holy Spirit does not, oper does not operate this way. And that is the point that I've just mentioned. The, the Holy Spirit does not operate like that. For the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. And whatever He hears, the Bible says in John chapter 16 verse 13, 
whatever he hears from Christ, he speaks. So his doctrine is truth. His doctrine is Jesus Christ and by no means is his doctrine mysticism. See, the spiritful church preaches truth and lives in truth. And because the spiritful church is an obedient, and because of that, the spiritful church is an obedient church. Because they preach truth and they live in truth, that makes them an obedient church. Which brings me to the second point. I said in the beginning we are going to speak about truth and obedience. You see, when in the text that we read in Acts chapter 5, when Peter had his discourse with the religious leaders, when they were told by the Jewish religious leaders not to, to teach Christ to the people anymore, Peter answered them in Acts 5.29. Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God and not men. We must obey God and not men. The word obey here in the text is the Greek word paita echo, which means submission to higher authority. Submission to higher authority. In other words, they told the religious leaders that they are subjected to the authority of God and not that of human beings. You see, despite your social status, stature, or position, there is no way that the spiritual church will believe or even think that your authority will supersede the authority of God in our lives. A great lesson in this statement to a church that deem their traditions above the word of God. This is a great lesson. For the spiritual church does not honor their man-made traditions above the word of God. They do not. The spiritual church, the doctrine of the spiritual church is Jesus Christ himself. And that is where their obedience comes from. And, and, and what I'm about to say now, even if you can put it on your fridge, on a note, you are old school, do not forget this. Obedience has nothing to do with the opinion of men. It has to do with the truth of God. Never ever forget that. Never ever forget that statement. That is what the Spirit of God said to me. Obedience has nothing to do with the opinion of men. It has to do with the truth of God. See, the government have their opinions, have their opinions 
how the church should operate and who the church should marry. But the constitution of the church is and will always be the Bible. That is where we get our truth from. And that is the truth that we will obey. We are subjected to an authority in the heavens. We are subjected to an authority in the heavens that supersedes government, that supersedes political church traditions, that supersedes corporate policies. The spiritual church is driven by truth, which produces obedience within us. So none of these things that I just mentioned, or none of these organizations, or these man-made traditions, by all means supersedes God. The word, the truth of God supersedes those things. You see, we, we do not do as we please with our lives, not because we are a boring movement, but the spiritual church does what God expects because we are an obedient movement. We refuse to do what is right in our own eyes. So whether you like it or not, the spiritual church will continue to walk in the truth and the obedience of God. And I'm concluding by saying that I recall that it was Alistair Crowley, a known atheist and occultist sorcerer, who died in 1947, that, that made the statement and called it one of the laws which he lived by and that people should live by. He said that one should do what thou wilt. In other words, for God, forget God and do as you please. But let us be reminded today that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And our obedience is towards the Christ. See, people like Alistair Crowley could not die for our sins. But God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I pray that God continues to work with His truth in our lives.